raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Boom, 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 boom. Bang, 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 bang. How, 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 how. My name is Nigel. Jerry Lopez filling in for Hammer, also live in studio with us. The Gun Guy, Guy Relford, Second Amendment attorney, host of The Gun Guy Show here Saturdays on 93 WIBC, licensed firearms instructor. Guy, how are you? Man, I'm great, and thanks as always to our sponsor for Monday Gun Day, even though we're having it all Wednesday, yes. which is uh, Premier Arms in Brownsburg, with the largest selection of new, used, and historic firearms in the Midwest, and PA Jewelers located right in the store. Check them out at 3754 South Green Street in Brownsburg, or PremierArms.com. So some bills are filed in the uh, Indiana General assembly oh, for that 2024 oh, session right of them, yeah and many include gun control uh, I, you know i gotta tell you it, it's amazing to me i mean a lot of people you know you remember i, I started the group uh the, the organization the two-way project two-way project and, yeah and we we're fighting for gun rights and we had for for you know, multiple years, uh, our, our priority was getting constitutional carry pass, which we finally did last year, and we got that done. And a lot of people said, "Well, man, you're, you're probably done now, right? I mean, are you gonna, you're going to like disband the two A project?" I laughed, and all, and all you have to do is show them the list of gun control bills, those bills that would restrict your Second Amendment rights and mine, right here in Indiana, uh, that were have been filed this year. It's a it's an incredibly long list, really? and, and we got to go fight this every year. Is this all Democrats that are filing these? Yeah, for the most part. Occasionally, you get sort of a well-meaning Republican who's been lobbied by uh, 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 you know groups yeah. like Moms Demand Action or whatnot who don't really understand understand the issue. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, it, it, it's it's Democrats, and some we knew were coming. I remember. Uh, I mean, hell, it, it's been quite some time. Joe Hogsett had his proposal for gun control here in Marion County. They they passed the ordinance. It's in place, and it says as long as the legislature amends the Indiana Firearms Preemption Act that prevents the, the local governments from regulating firearms, as long as they the legislature would amend that act to allow Indianapolis to do so immediately, going into effect, right here in Marion County, they roll back constitutional carry so it doesn't exist, so you have to have a license to carry a handgun. They would forbid all uh, hand uh, concealed carry of firearms in Marion County, uh, even wow. with a license, which... I can't wow. quite understand. Would would increase the age to buy any firearm, uh, including rifles and shotguns, to twenty one. So you can go defend your country in a foreign land and put your put your life on the line carrying an, an M4 or running an artillery unit or driving a tank, but you can't come home and buy a shotgun to go uh, squirrel hunting with your dad. Uh, and also ban all so-called assault weapons here in Marion County. Well, uh, Democrat here from Marion County, uh, Senator Cotty Fedura as he promised to do, has introduced the bill that would allow Marion County to put those provisions into effect. But there's a whole lot more. I mean, it's a long list. I, I went down, I, I saw Which it has, I mean, is that, is the, that number one on your radar that yeah. what you just talked about? 
that's that's way high but the, but there are many others i mean you know and 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 you hate to prioritize because you just don't ever want to take a step back right i mean it's the the, the gun control people the democrats who want to eradicate your second amendment rights or any of your constitutional rights they're in it for the long haul and they'll take anything they can get any advancement you know it's a war of attrition you know what they call you know, death by a thousand cuts and they they advocate this as long as we can ratchet those rights down you know any way we can any given year that's what we want to do. For instance, there's a bill, and I, I litigated this issue. There, there's a there's a bill that says, um, well, you can't carry a gun in any polling place, place where you go to cast your vote. <laughs> and there's no federal law that says I can't carry my gun, as long as it's not a prohibited place already, right? I mean, if it's a school, obviously, I can't carry my gun there. But, you know, if it's a fire station or wherever it might be, I can carry my gun there. And there's a Democrat, Lonnie Randolph, longtime uh, senator, uh, wants to wants to forbid me from carrying my gun when I go to vote. Which again, I, is that a problem we're trying to fix? I don't know, um, but anyway, there's just a million of them like that, and and so we're gonna, you know, hell, they they want to file those bills, we'll fight them on every beach and in every village, and we'll see what happens. How, how hard is it for for the left to understand that licensed, previous licensed, or constitutional carry? Uh, gun owners are not the problem, right? <laughs> we those are not the people that are out here committing murders. Uh, I mean, you nail it. I mean, that's it. I mean, why do all these bills only want to affect the rights of law-abiding citizens? And and you know, it, and I think I think some of them know this. They just want to be able to pound their chest and go argue to their constituents, you know, or their voting base. Look what I'm doing. I'm being tough on guns or tough on gun crime or however they want to phrase it. Um, but 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 to constantly come after law-abiding citizens makes no sense to me. And I've had members of the media, you know, I do media interviews all the time. I've done, I don't know, two or three here in the last couple of weeks, where some local TV station will come to me, and sometimes they'll ask me the question, and sometimes they air my answer, so usually they don't. They'll say, so based on who you are, you're a 2A guy, you know, an advocate, founded the 2A project, you just resist any gun control, no matter what it is, no matter, you know, what it might do. <laughs> Right, it's just a knee-jerk reaction. I go, no, I have a very easy litmus test. I apply any proposed legislation to. I'll say, does this truly affect criminals, and will it really affect criminal behavior, or does it only affect law-abiding citizens? I apply that list litmus test, and that's a always. You can look. We can read a bill and in ten seconds know which which side of the, that uh, uh, of that wall it falls on, and if it only affects law-abiding citizens and will have no effect on criminals, that's a bad law, and I will oppose it completely. You show me a law that will actually affect criminals, including their access to firearms, I'll say, let's take a look at it. That might be something we can get done. Uh, to piggyback off that, we spoke, and now at this point, maybe it was a month or two months ago, about a case that was going to be going to the Supreme Court about this horrible guy that was red flagged. Oh, yeah. Is right. there any update on that guy? Yeah. I mean, there was an oral argument. It's a great question. Oral argument in the Supreme Court. And um, and just so people people don't know, to reset that a little bit, this is a guy who uh, had multiple violent confrontations uh, with women. Uh, he, he had multiple uh, domestic violence orders of protection entered against him. Uh, he'd been accused of, of trying to force a woman into a car and a bystander said something and he actually fired shots at the bystander. Um, and in the meantime, he had this domestic violence order of protection entered against him and then got caught with a firearm. And there's a federal law that says if you have a domestic violence order of protection entered against you, you can't possess a firearm. And the, the, the Texas courts, including the Fifth Circuit down there, found that's unconstitutional. 
And I said, well, there's no historical precedent to support the idea that if you've just been through this civil proceeding to have a domestic violence order of protection entered against you, then then you can't possess firearm. You've lost your constitutional freedom under the Second Amendment. And I went up to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court, and I listen to the oral arguments. Uh, I think it's very likely they're gonna they're gonna reverse that and say no, it's fine to restrict this guy's rights because he was established to have been violent. And and they're gonna I, and what they're gonna it's do a bad is, guy, but it's a like it's the worst a, case a, scenario. Well, at one point, yeah, and that's why I mean I, I've talked to you guys about this case yeah. on Hammer Nigel, and I've said you know bad facts make bad law, and this guy is not a dude you'd want to have over for Thanksgiving dinner. Right. But You're the right? concern here is you can get a civil order of protection without being found guilty of anything and without committing any real crime. See, you nailed it, buddy, because because the, where I would have focused is not that this is not someone we need to be worried about. I would have said this is only a civil proceeding, which means a couple of things. First of all, the burden of proof is only preponderance of the evidence. Yeah, that's like 50.001%. You not beyond a reasonable doubt. And in a civil proceeding, you have no right to counsel. Oh, wow. And, and, and so you have, you have, you have if you, it's not like a criminal case where you say, well, if you, if you can't afford a lawyer, one will be appointed for you. So you can't afford a lawyer. You just show up on your own. And then you're only found uh, guilty by a preponderance of the evidence, you know, which is a civil standard, like if you're suing somebody. And then you can lose your constitutional freedom over that. So it's a due process issue. And so if it were my case, and this is not how the oral arguments went, uh, and I think this was a big mistake by these lawyers. They went in basically trying to say, oh, he's not really that dangerous and we shouldn't be that concerned about it. And there's no historical precedent for this particular law, which is if you're subject to a domestic violence order protection you can't um, possess a firearm and i think they should have been focused on the due process issues to say where it's only preponderance of the evidence in a civil proceeding with no right to counsel you shouldn't lose your constitutional freedoms and but we'll see i mean the supreme court will surprise you sometimes and, you know either way good or bad but i'm expecting the, the pendulum to swing back a little bit on our constitutional rights after the supreme court rules on that case guy relford live in studio here with us it's the hammer and nigel show raise a spoon to grandma who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I'm Nigel, Jerry Lopez filling in for Hammer. Uh, it's Monday, Gun Day on a Wednesday since we missed you on Monday. Wanted to have you in for your uh, weekly segment. Guy Relford here, host of the Gun Guy Show. Before we uh, move on to something else here, just real quick, the stuff you were talking about of the Indiana General Assembly, some of these uh, gun control bills from constitutional carry, permitless carry to uh, the Preemption Act, do any of those have a shot in hell at being overturned? You would certainly think not. I mean, one thing that that some Republicans have come to uh, me and asked me, you know, shouldn't we vote for this, is a so-called safe storage law. 
right? Because, for instance, I mean, I wrote a book on gun safety. I've been teaching gun safety for decades. And uh, one thing I always advocate is always store your firearms so they're inaccessible to untrained uh, or unauthorized people. And so people say, come on, guy. I mean, it's in your book. You advocate this. Why don't you want to reduce that to law and say you have to store your guns in a safe manner? And that's because these one-size-fits-all fit, fit, fit all laws don't just they, they never make sense. We start applying them to practical applications. For instance, the laws typically are written that if I've got somebody under 18 under my household, under my roof, and, and I have a gun that's accessible to them, I'm committing a crime. So I could have a, a 17-year-old who just won the state championship in sporting clays who could teach gun safety <laughs> lessons you know, to his peers, but if I have a break-in or there's some reason the cops come to my house and there's a gun sitting on my nightstand, then I go to prison. I go to jail. I get prosecuted for that. It makes no sense to me. So I don't think we can dictate what is responsibility or, 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 or appropriate gun safety applications when, um, when we're talking about issues like that. So that's something I've always opposed because they're just they're written too broadly and they would put a lot of innocent people in jail, potentially. I wanted to ask you about what happened in Dallas-Fort Worth. This woman fatally shot a teenager, broke into her house. She was, says she was protecting her four kids. There'd been a ton of burglaries and break-ins around where she lives. She lives in subsidized housing. It was a 14-year-old boy that was killed. I'm not sure if he was armed or not, but he did break into the house. She shot and killed him, protecting the kids. Uh, she had just bought a gun to protect her family. A handful of break-ins started weeks ago. Um, now, she was a charge. It did go to, it's going to a grand jury. There's a little wrinkle in this. The Fort Worth woman living in subsidized housing, she's being evicted for having a gun. Yeah. Um, but this is in subsidized housing. I know you don't know what the gun like familiar with the gun laws in Texas are. I suppose are you allowed to have a gun in subsidized housing? Well, in, it, does, it, does that make sense? Well, that, I can tell you, I've litigated that exact issue really? here in Indiana, which is there's you know so-called Section Eight housing where you get federal funding to assist with that housing, but they're typically administered by local housing authorities. For instance. Um, uh, down in Vincennes, there was the Vincennes Housing Authority, and they were trying to kick a guy out for having a gun uh, in subsidized housing. And guess what? That violates the Indiana Firearms Preemption Act because the the, the local uh, housing yeah. authority was a local governmental unit which cannot do what regulate firearms. So I went to them and said, "Oh no!" And this guy was a veteran, a disabled veteran. They're trying to kick out of subsidized housing, and I said, "No, this will not happen. Uh, this will not abide." And lo and behold, uh, we won that, and and the guy was was kept in his home. So that's another reason why we have these preemption laws. That again, Democrats want to continue to whittle away at. Cotty Fedora would would just assume yeah. uh, that we uh, repeal completely. That's a reason for it right there, where you don't allow a local government to impose its will on somebody's Second Amendment rights, including a disabled veteran who was hurt, wounded, serving his country. And that's why I was proud to represent that guy. So I can't answer for Texas, Nige, but I can tell you how that'd play out in Indiana. We'd go kick some ass. How about the fact that this woman, again, in Section 8 housing, had been calling the cops, had been broken into, had been telling the housing development she's been, you know, four attempted burglaries. Finally, this 14-year-old kid breaks in her house. She kills him. And it's going to the grand jury, so it's not over yet. I mean, does she well, have a? Yeah. Um, I mean, and there's a death, and so I understand yes. why they'd want to have a grand jury take a look at it. But again, again, we talk about why do we have the laws we have? That's why we have a castle doctrine. If someone breaks into your home illegally, 
You know, they don't have to have a weapon. You don't have to establish that you feared for your life. They just broke into your home. That's your castle. And you're allowed to defend your castle, including with deadly force. And, and we're not going to put the burden on the homeowner who's just trying to live their life behind she closed doors. She four babies, man. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and, and suddenly, suddenly someone illegally breaks in. Do we want to put the homeowner under the spotlight? You say, have well, no idea what this person's going to do or yeah, if, they, if they are or are not armed. And, and that's what, you have to assume they're armed. Exactly right. And that's why our, the law is right. That's what makes the castle doctrine the castle doctrine. Right? Out on the street, somebody attacks me. I have to establish that I feared serious bodily injury or death or the commission of, of what we call a forcible felony, right? And so that's my burden out on the street. In my home, I don't have that burden. In my home, they just have to have illegally broken into my home so that I'm, 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 I have a reasonable belief that I'm either preventing or terminating an unlawful entry into or attack on my dwelling. That's it. Unlawful entry into or attack on my dwelling. If that's what I'm preventing or terminating, so if, if they're trying to get in, I prevent that, they're already in, I terminate that, then I'm justified under Indiana law. That's exactly why we have that law. Because someone illegally breaks into my home, I don't have to establish that they had a gun or I feared for my life. No, you just broke into the wrong house. Let me just say thank you for driving the boat last Wednesday, filling in for me. It was supposed to be oh. me and you last Wednesday a week ago when I was sick, man. And I, sorry I threw that on a last minute, man, but you would not have appreciated me showing up for work in the condition I was yeah, in you, with that COVID uh, that I, and I know we don't have much time. We had a blast. It was spontaneous radio. Yeah. Because there was Good. no preparation. <laughs> I mean, that's the way made, to do it, baby. We, we basically showed up and turned on the internet and uh, did what we had to do. But we had a blast. The Hammer and Nigel Show, 93 WBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.